show for four years and in a recent episode I talked to my buddy Gnarly Charlie about how far we've come and if if I could get everyone on the show to listen to one episode it would probably be this one I mean there have been others like this one but I feel like this one is a, a milestone for us um, for me personally. Uh, a lot of people know that I kind of run this show myself. I pick up the stories. I record all of the episodes. I, I do all the heavy lifting, all the heavy editing. I mean, minus the stories. The stories don't come from me at all. I, I, I wrote one story. Um, you know, my, my thanks goes out to all the writers, everyone out there on the internet, no matter which source I've pulled from. Uh, too Spooky, Stories to Read Alone at Night, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, Stephen King, Alvin Schwartz, right? You know, Urban Legends, um, Creepypasta, Reddit No Sleep, Unsettling Stories, uh, Not Hot But Spicy, you know, like, there, there are hundreds of stories we've read on this show, and, 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 and thanks to all of these authors, all of these brilliant authors, you know, today especially, um... This show wouldn't exist without any of you guys. So, you know, I, I might not credit things very well. I, I tend to just mention the source of where I got things from. I mean, th this is my my flag. You know, I'm waving it for everyone we've ever gotten material from to, to review and commentate and narrate. This is me bowing before you, thanking you for that material. But what I want to get at is two two things that I want to talk about and the um the first is that um I recently had a uh a bout of sleep paralysis and this is this is no shit um this this really happened I actually went through this the other night um if there's anything to take away from today's episode like this this experience is is the most authentic you know you know how when you wake up from a dream, you, you don't initially remember what it is, but then if you sit and you kind of reconnect to those chemicals and those moments in your brain later on in the day, if you really try to think about it, parts of it might come back to you. Like, that is what is sticking in my head the most. I, I don't remember 
the passage of time because the passage of time felt stagnant. It felt like nothing was happening. It felt like I was laying in bed for, for hours. And I know that like in, in perspective to tell the story a little bit, um, it was minutes, it was seconds. And I was experiencing what felt like so much longer an eternity of weirdness just right there in front of me. It's so unnatural to think about. Um, let me see if I could pull it up. I ended up writing something up about it and I just want to kind of go over it, um, real quick because I, I did kind of catalog my thoughts in a kind of funny way. And I do want to see if I can, uh, reference those real quick. So this is, this is what I wrote about my experience with sleep paralysis. So that's what sleep paralysis feels like. A memoir by Captain Death. It's 4am. I know it probably is because I just laid down to go to sleep after finishing working uh, on a drawing on my iPad. I was watching YouTube reviews of shitty movies, barely paying attention. So I don't think this happened because of anything, right? Like, does anyone know if there's a reason why this type of thing happens? Um, because I, I really don't. I feel like, um, a lot of people want to draw lines to, like, media absorption and, like, the stuff you watch and fill your eyes with, but I really can't, you know, commentate to any of the things I'm about to say, um, specifically. My first realization is that I can't move. My legs are stretched to their limits to the point where it almost feels like a cramp. And my toes are pointing like some type of professional ballerina. My arms are clawed up in a position where they cannot let go of the several blankets on top of me. And luckily the blankets are going all the way up from my toes to my chinny chin chin and I'm facing the ceiling. Thank God I'm facing the ceiling. My second realization is that I was woken up because I thought I heard something, and now I'm starting to think that it was almost a mumbling or a form of low talking, um, which isn't the first time this has happened to me. I feel like I've been woken up in the middle of the night because of hearing things before, so maybe even talking before, so I don't really know what to really attest to. And the third realization was... Who are all of these people in my room? When I'm finally able to unstick my glued eyes from the ceiling, I realize that there are probably 10 to 12 people standing in my room. None of them are facing me. I'm just looking at a series of backs, different heights and shapes and sizes. And I know what you're thinking. That's some, like, Blair Witch level shit, but... None of them are in the corner, very specifically, and some are closer to each other and me than others, and I probably note far too late that there are children, you know, all different sizes, uh, they're not just adults, but there are kids as well, that are interspersed between the uh, group of people. My fourth realization, so that's where the talking is coming from. And now I'm going to call it talking, because I do think I hear what sounds like talking, but almost like underwater. I can't make out anything that's being said, and 
and like thank god they're not facing me right right like i want to stop looking at them but i also want to make sure that none of them turn around and look at me which leaves me with a set of great decisions and options to make my fifth realization is that choosing to just close my eyes throughout the entire thing was not a good idea because I feel like one of the ones furthest from my bed has now turned around because I'm seeing what is probably like a quarter profile of a face and I know that your brain when you're dreaming doesn't just make up faces it's impossible to do so so it pulls from reality faces you've seen maybe in a crowd or for a single second or faces you've stared at for hours before and no, I do not recognize the face that is trying to look at me, but that is when I noticed that as one of these figures kind of turns around in an almost like David Lynch type fashion, it's like a camera goes off, like there's a full flash of exposure or, or someone just amped that shit up in post-production, like when you take a picture on your phone and then you go into the editing and you just amp the brightness up. So these figures are starting to hit these static positions where it then gets super bright so I still can't make out their faces or if they're even really looking at me I mean they're like facing my direction but I can't tell where their eyes are you know it's just black behind a bright light other than Lynch I think of that film um, We Are Still Here uh, minus the whole burnt ass people and the exploding heads sequence um, it's just like a similar behavior I guess like they're just kind of standing there observing things they're not being weird they weren't scaring me um, which I will get into but um, I, I kept trying the close my eyes method and I, I tried it again and every time I tried it, it would feel like I would go back into sleep and it would feel like hours would pass, but then I'd open my eyes and nothing would be changed. I'd be stuck in the same position, able to look left and right, except I feel like every time I opened my eyes, another person in the crowd was then facing me. Not necessarily noticing, but just like they're turning around like clockwork. Um, and it feels like every time another one of them turns around, there's less talking in the room, like they're being like noticed or something, which is definitely freaky. <laughs> this is great. That's what I keep saying. I keep saying in these notes, like, this is great. Um, so I, I decide that if I'm going to keep my eyes closed, I'm going to keep them closed. But at some point when I feel like I've been awake too long and I've just been sitting here like alive, but with my eyes closed, feigning sleep, like I forgot to mention, um, I told myself that I faked, if I faked being asleep, then maybe they wouldn't notice me. So I tried to like snore or like produce like deep breaths um, in and out, but I don't think it worked very well because I felt like my heart was like pumping out of my chest at several points and like hitching in my breath. So like I was having like a miniature anxiety attack trying to like pretend to sleep, um, but I didn't want to necessarily like try to look to make sure no one noticed. I just did it even though my eyes were closed. Um, I can't say I've ever had an anxiety attack from my eyes being closed before. So this is great. This is fine. I just keep saying that. Um, and then I realized that I could move my toes and then my eyes are closed, but like I can move my toes and then my hands and I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to reach for my phone. I know where my phone is. And when I get it, 
I'm gonna open my eyes and I'm gonna turn the flashlight on and I'm gonna look around my room and I keep trying to like amp myself up I'm like you can do this you got this um, I know that like my phone is just out of reach of my right arm if I stretch it like all the way out onto my dresser so that's what I do real quick I grab it and I turn the light on and I sit up and I realize no one is in the room uh, I really have to pee and I look at the phone and it's been a total of like 10 minutes so if I went to bed at like 4 it's now like 4.10 which makes like zero sense in my brain because I feel like I had been sitting there for like fucking hours and the last thing I write is what the fuck just happened to me <laughs> oh so I wanted to share that with everyone because that that actually happened and if anyone wants to talk about it feel free to message me um, on the SoundCloud or on the Facebook, because it's definitely a conversation I'm, I'm looking to have. If anyone wants to throw some pointers at me, I've never experienced sleep paralysis before. So that was like a first for me. And I keep kind of flip-flopping in my brain between whether or not that actually happened or if it was just a super lucid dream that maybe I was so like tired and exhausted. And the reason why I like, uh, dreamt these things so close to my reality is because I was just, you know, in between that thin veil of complete REM and body being too exhausted to act. So I, I really don't know. I can't, I can't even speak to like quantifying why that very specific event happened when it did, but it, it, it's kind of shook me. And I definitely mentioned that to a couple other people that I've been shooketh ever since. Um, not, like, afraid to go to sleep. I've definitely slept since then. I think this happened, uh, like, last week, and I just haven't talked about it on the podcast because I had pre-recorded, um, everything up until this point. Um, so yeah, that was fun. Uh, anyone who's listening that wants to shoot me an email and talk about it, um, feel free to email LP captain death at gmail.com always always love you know fan art and fan submissions conversations I, I talk to everyone you know if there was ever anyone who wanted to shoot me a message i always at least send a response to say like hey too busy right now uh if i'm if i really am um but uh, most people know that uh i respond to like all messages so um, feel free to share any personal stories related to sleep paralysis if anyone has experienced any of that. I, I would be uh, very interested to hear what people have to say because I did, um, I did get some feedback from from some close friends and they definitely talked about their experiences. And even my uncle told me that he had a experience very similar uh, to that one, which he felt was super weird that, like, I kind of took the words right out of his brain and out of his own personal experience. It's like, uh, it's like what I experienced, like, transcended, uh, our relationship a little bit, which is very interesting to think about. And naturally, I, I toke up to the idea. Anyway, so that's fun. Feel free to, uh, talk about that. And now I'm smoking, because here here comes the hard part. Here's the, the second thing I wanted to talk about on this episode. 
there's a lot going on in my life right now. Um, I'm sure I'll, I'll eventually make some note of it somewhere on the page, but, um, I recently got asked to help with some other projects and things. Um, and I, I definitely want to do some other work on other passion projects. So, um, you know, I, I think the, um, I think the podcast is gonna stop for a little while. I don't even really want to say hiatus because it doesn't feel genuine. It doesn't feel authentic. Um, and I don't want to make any promises about when I'm coming back because I just feel like, uh, I'd get anxious about it and have to, like, remind myself that that's happening. Um, you know, frankly, uh, as much as, as much fun as I, I have doing this show, it has kind of, um, been a hamper on me from a, a physical standpoint. Um, you know, I've had to give up a lot of, uh, personal time with other people because I had stuff going on or because I needed to record something and I know like a lot of people are thinking like well don't don't you like hang out with these people and like record with them like yeah but like you're seeing a snapshot of my life for you know two hours at a time weekly you know what am I doing the other hundreds of hours during my week and the truth is a lot of it is, is dedicated to me working and and sleeping like i've i've had a, a very distinct lack of sleep in the last couple weeks and um i've definitely also been overworked i've left work sometimes two hours late two and a half hours late because i just have so much shit that i have to do and it's uh it's taking a toll and i don't want it to inhibit the project I don't want it to ruin anything um and I know that like I talked I talked so much about the episode 200 special and I know that I'm letting a lot of people down by saying that like this is going to be the last episode for a while but like corona and everything going on and you know I couldn't get anyone together and no one no one wanted to record like a group thing it just it kind of fell apart, like, right in front of me, and I don't want to take it out on my friends either, you know, because they've been here for me this entire time, you know, pretty much this entire time. Um, like I said, I do a lot of the work on the podcast myself, but, um, I do depend on them to kind of be my co-hosts and to, to do things with me, and if I can't get anyone over to record things, then that's gonna have an effect on the podcast, and for the last, like, year and a half, I've been trying, like, really hard, um, to keep certain people on the show, and to keep things together, but we're all getting older, and we're all getting more separated from one another, and I just feel like if I'm gonna go out on a high note with this show then I want to do it on my own terms, um, which is ironic for, you know, multiple reasons. I, I want to keep things gold. I don't want it to, to ever kind of peter out and become bullshit. I feel like the last hundred episodes have been fantastic. I, I compare what we've been doing in the last two years to, like, League's above the material we first started covering. And I know that, like, um, 
maybe even not material, maybe that's not the right word, but, like, the first couple episodes. Like, I consider episodes, like, 1 through 25, like, relatively garbage. <laughs> like, the quality is ass, and the stories we read are very hit or miss, very hot and cold, because I hadn't really planned the show out at all. Then from, like, 25 to, like, let's say, like, 50, things start to, like, improve significantly. And then I'd say from, like, 50 to 100, we hit, like, a really good like, pace with, like, single-story episodes, and then 100 onward just kind of took off into its own thing. We had people come around for sometimes seven-episode stories. I know I had Django, Tenron, Where Am I? Even fucking Frowns came on for, like, a three-parter, you know? Like, there are a lot of people on this show who've put, like, a lot of hard work into this shit, and, like, I, I'm, I'm eternally grateful, but I just don't know, um, how much more I can do. And I, I definitely think that, like, there's a, there's a future of this show where I do it by myself, and I haven't quite worked it out, because I think that, like, it takes away from so much of what made this show original and interesting is that I had a different person on like almost every episode and you kind of got different flavors different weeks I I liked the idea of not having to sit anyone in any specific style um and that's that's just a a flavor thing for me I I don't ever want to be categorized as just, like, one thing. Like, that's why different people bring different things to the show. That's why we read different things on different episodes. That's why I put people in certain categories and we only read certain things with certain people. You know, it, it it's a staged thing. All of it is staged. So, like, I don't think that doing the show by myself would be a successful thing. Um, I've had some good solo episodes. I loved reading Ted the Caver. Um, I loved reading Feed the Pig. But, you know, like, I can't do that every episode. I can't. That's just too much. So, yeah, I, I don't, um, I don't know if this is going to continue, I mean, like, look at the title of the episode, you know, I, I can't be any more real than that. Um, so, so take that for what it is. I know you can hear it in my voice too. Like I'm, I'm not pulling your leg or anything like this. This really is like the end for a, a little bit. And, and I'm, I'm sorry to everyone about everything. I don't, I don't want to, um, I don't want to let anyone down. And I feel like I, I did. I feel like I disappointed people. So I want to go out on a high note and I just kind of want to say like episode 199, like, yeah, that's like, yeah, it's the last episode, but like we made it this far, you know? And I think that the stories we read on this episode, um, really kind of, uh, show how I feel about the show and, and show like how far we've come, you know? I think, like, the emotional spectrum that we cover on this show is just, uh, it really, uh, resonates with just, like, everything that's going on. I think it, this, this will be the epitome, this is the quintessence of this show right here, right now, um, 
I think I'm going to start with the first story um, that I'm going to read tonight. And this is, again, this is, this is just me here. Um, so, you know, let's, let's just get into it. Um, this first one is called Guys Gooey Games. My Curse. My Flavor Town 3. Guy Fieri walked through the woods of the Pacific Northwest looking for mushrooms and other such things to add to his repertoire of flavors. As a self-appointed mayor of Flavortown, he felt it important to always try and improve his flavor game. Nachos aren't going to evolve on their own, after all. Little did he know, he was being watched the whole time. Guy continued walking through the woods, vaguely following a path that made sense to him, weaving through ferns and keeping his eyes low, searching for tasty mushrooms and roots. Eventually, the woods opened up to a clearing at the edge of a great body of water. Guy decided to take a look around the shore for clams or other mollusks to store in his fanny pack, and then he heard it. Twigs snapping and foliage rustling. A high-pitched cry broke the relative silence, and Guy felt an odd stirring within himself. As an eternal being, he occasionally felt things here and there, vague feelings of recognizing other creatures of such power. What he felt now was much more... primal. Without even meaning to, Bigfoot had let out the long, frustrated cry. It knew that it desperately needed the man's attention, and it needed something else, too. The sweet release of years of pent-up passion. Bigfoot walked out of the forest towards the man, its swollen, girthy dingus bouncing between its hairy legs. The man froze upon seeing Bigfoot, but a smile slowly spread across his face as he took note of Bigfoot's erect love dart. What? I'm sorry. No! No! Hey there, big fella. The man called out. I think you have just what I need right now, and I'm pretty sure I have a few things that'll make your day, too. Across the body of water, a long-necked beast poked its head out of the depths, intent on watching the scene unfold on the shore. It wasn't often (laughs) that Agapogo was able to see such acts of bestial passion. Guy unbuttoned his trademark flame-embroidered shirt, but didn't remove it. What he did remove was his sweet jean shorts and fanny pack. He adjusted his sunglasses to fit comfortably on the back of his head, standing there with his engorged love muscle exposed in the bright sunlight like some kind of golden god. He waited for the Sasquatch to make its first move, and maybe it was time to kick it up a notch and entice his new playmate. He turned around and bent over, spreading his cheeks wide for the huge beast to see. Bending at the waist and folding himself almost in half, he stuck his head between his spread legs and yelled, No. No. You know what? Fine. Dinner is served, baby. Time to take a trip to Flavortown. I've heard you mostly eat berries and plants, but today you're going to be a meat eater. (laughs) Not fully in control of itself, Bigfoot slowly advanced on Guy. He took up position behind him and bent at the knees, almost as if in prayer. Bigfoot gripped Guy's hips and pulled Guy towards his face, sticking his dry, wide tongue out. He started licking Guy's balloon knot while Guy shrieked in ecstasy. Time passed and Bigfoot was ready for some release of his own and decided to enter Guy. 
As Bigfoot speared Guy, Guy's mind drifted back to memories from a lifetime ago, dwelling on the time he spent with a young man just starting to dabble in mysticism named Aleister Crowley. He spent months with him, teaching him secret skills on how to best the power bottom. He hoped he made good use of them. Guy was snapped out of his daydream when Bigfoot let loose another high-pitched cry, and then it was time. Bigfoot blasted his load into Guy, but he found that he couldn't stop coming. In fact, he couldn't even pull out. His balls were pulled out through his pee hole as he kept spraying load after load into Guy's voracious ass. Welcome to my flavor trap! Guy yelled and then started cackling. The suction of Guy's ass started to increase steadily. Bigfoot was panicking at this point. He was striking Guy as hard as he could with his arms and trying to bite him, but it was no use. More and more of Bigfoot was being sucked inside Guy until all that was left was Bigfoot's screaming head, and then that, too, was pulled inside. Erupting like Mount St. Helens, Guy let loose a satisfied moan and spewed forth the skeleton of Bigfoot from his gaping urethra oh. like a twisted Mortal Kombat fatality. Bigfoot's essence was now inside Guy, and he thought that legendary life force could sustain him for months to come. After recovering from such strenuous activity, he buttoned his shirt back up and collected his things. Across the water, a wave of cascading pleasure crashed over Ogopogo, and it spurted a bountiful clutch of eggs all over the shore. Guy scooped some up and put them inside his fanny pack, then went on his way to search of new flavors and lives to consume. You know, I'm glad you read that with me. And then, you know, you could just read that with frowns. Could have read that with him. I felt like you would have liked it more. <laughs> I feel like you would have appreciated it more. Guy Fieri with his fucking asshole of doom. <laughs> welcome, welcome to my up. flavor trap. God damn it. <laughs> Thanks for reading that. Oh, I don't know if I'm happy I read that. That one was really interesting. Wasn't it? Yeah, it's a good one. Um... You know, it's tough It's tough to have to read something like that by myself. Um, but, you know, here we are. It's the last episode of the show. Um, so I just want, I want to keep things trucking, you know. I don't really want to sit and just think about that for uh, as long as possible, you know, for the, for the next <laughs> however long this episode is going to last. I, I don't want to, you know, sit just on that note. Um, so I, I want to move forward. Um, this one's actually a rewrite. Um, this next one, this one, uh, this one is called the timer traveler. Rewrite. Note: this pasta was originally deleted for using a profane word too much and it's not cunt. However, here's a different version of that pasta. Bob was having a normal day in his room thinking of unicorns destroying the world when all of a sudden a guy in a metal suit appeared in the room. Bob jumped back in terror and started firing a machine gun out the window, killing six people in the process. The man said, I'm from the future. 
After Bob ate an entire bottle of pills, including the container they were in, he calmed down. However, he died of an overdose of pills only to magically come back to life for a reason, which I'm too lazy to explain right now. Bob asked the guy in the metal suit, What year are you from? The guy said, I'm from 2048. Well, fuck me sideways, said Bob. That's not too far into the future. The guy said, hey, fuck you. It's not my fault my parents fucked when they did. Bob said, sorry, as he finished cutting the head off some random guy he kidnapped the night before. Both of them looked at each other for a few hours without saying anything. Eventually, Bob said, so why did you come over here? The guy said, in the year 2033, someone is going to release a deadly virus and wipe out all the life on the planet. Bob said, Oh, I see. You picked me to help find the guy, right? The guy said, Yes. I'm looking for a guy named Bob. He's supposed to live around here. Do you know him? Bob started peeing his pants until the room was half full of pee. The guy opened up the door to let the pee drain out. Four people were washed away and killed in the pee flood. Both then pointed to some random guy out the window and said, That guy! That guy is named Bob! The guy then pulled out some weird-ass futuristic gun, which Bob had never seen before, pointed it at the guy and fired it. A plasma beam of light shot at him. When it hit him, he blew up. His internal organs were like all over the place. Thanks, said the guy. But suddenly the kid's mother walked out the door and yelled, Henry, no! The guy then said, Wait, I thought you said his name was Bob. Bob said, Oh, it is! Uh, Henry is uh, just his nickname! Suddenly Henry's mother yelled, No, it isn't! Bob, you fucking idiot! Bob yelled, Shut up, bitch! Pulled out a gun and shot her dead. The guy said, why did she call you Bob? Did you just lie to me? Bob said, No, I didn't. That lady is uh, just kind of stupid. Suddenly, her husband walked out and said, No, she's not your cunt. She's much smarter than you, considering that you dropped out of preschool with a 0.0 GPA. Bob yelled, My GPA was a 0.01, dipshit! Before shooting him dead as well. The guy said, you better not be lying to me. Bob said, I'm not lying to you. That guy was named Bob. Suddenly, four of Henry's friends walked over to his dead body and said, shit, someone just killed Henry. Then they yelled to Bob, Bob, did you see what happened? Bob fired an RPG at them, killing all four of them. Bob looked back at the guy to see him looking around his room in an attempt to find out what his name was. And the only place where you could find out Bob's name was a sign which read, Bob's Room, by his bed. Bob quickly took the sign down and hid it behind his back. Once he did so, however, the guy saw him. He said, what are you hiding behind your back? Bob said, nothing. The guy said, well, if it's nothing, let me see it. Bob said, I don't think you'll like what you see. The guy said, well, if it's nothing, it won't matter what it is. Bob said, actually, um, I take that place. It is something. The guy said, well, 
Why don't you describe what it is, then, if you don't want me to see it? Bob said, Uh, sure, it's, uh, it's, uh, like a thing, a dangerous thing. Yeah, if I show it to people who can travel in time, it makes their heads blow up or something. I don't, I don't fucking know, all right? The guy said, so what you're saying is that if you show it to me, it'll make my head blow up. Bob said, yeah. The guy said, well, I have faith that it won't hurt me. I really think you should show it to me now. Bob said, but it, it will kill you. The guy said, give it to me or else I'll pry it out of your fucking hands. Bob said, you don't understand. It, it will kill you. The guy said, it looks like I'm going to have to take it away from you. The guy started reaching towards Bob, but Bob grabbed a knife and stabbed him in the neck with it, causing him to fall on the ground. He then took the sign and ran out of his room. The guy used magical dust to heal his wound and pursued Bob. Bob yeah, tried hiding <laughs> cocaine. Yeah, yeah. Bob tried hiding in an eggshell, but the guy cracked it open, causing him to fall out of it. Before he could kill him, Bob jumped out the window. Bob found some random guy and decided to use him as a shield. The guy kept on firing at Bob, but he kept hitting the person Bob was using as a shield instead. Eventually, Bob jumped off a bridge and swam away. When he got to shore, he saw that the guy he used as a shield was riddled with bullet holes, and he put his dead body on the grass and ran away. Meanwhile, the guy was pissed off at Bob for outsmarting him. He was sitting on a bench quietly muttering about how pissed <laughs> off he was. A kid walked over to him and said, Are you alright? The guy screamed, No! <laughs> at him before blowing his head off with a shotgun. The guy then decided to use a detector to locate him. He saw that he was located several blocks away. However, the guy started to grow hungry. He shot and killed someone operating a snack bar and stole some food that he was selling. Later, Bob snuck into a rock concert. He assumed that the guy wouldn't be able to find him in the middle of all those people. But then the guy arrived to the concert and started searching for him. One person walked up to him and said, Dude, what's with the retarded ass metal suit? And the guy said, What's with your blood staining that shirt before shooting him dead? <laughs> Bob heard gunfire, so he looked back to find that the guy was getting closer to him. Bob had to escape the concert. One fan said, Stop running, dipshit! as a mean joke, and then Bob said, Stop bleeding, dipshit! before shooting him dead. The guy heard the gunfire, so he raced towards Bob. He then caught up to him and pinned him down. Dozens of people were surrounding them. They were encouraging them to fight. The guy tried shooting at Bob, but Bob ducked, causing the bullet to hit a propane tank, making it explode, killing 27 people in the process. Eventually, Bob got the upper hand and started choking him. However, the guy grabbed his plasma ray gun and tried firing it at Bob. But Bob pointed it at the audience, causing it to fire several times, killing five people. Eventually, both of them ran out of bullets. Bob shoved the guy off of him and flew away. He can fly, apparently. The guy screamed, Fuck! Ripped the hat off some random guy by him in a fit of rage and flew after him. Bob hid in an abandoned warehouse. Suddenly, the guy jumped on top of him, and Bob punched him in the face, causing him to fall on the ground. 
They then picked up guns and pointed them at each other, creating a Mexican standoff. Bob said, You're going to die, you know! And the guy said, I was just about to say the same thing to you. Bob said, Why are you doing this anyways? How do you know that I'm going to create a virus? The guy said, We know that you're going to do it. Well, what's your evidence? Oh, we have a ton of evidence. Name one piece of evidence you collected. Sure thing. After the virus started to take its toll, we went to where the virus originated, took everyone's name who lived in a 10-mile radius of that area, put them in a jar, and drew a random one out. We happened to pick yours. What the fuck? You call that evidence? You're really a retarded piece of shit, you know that? Well, what the hell is wrong with that solid piece of evidence? If you want to find a criminal, you don't just pick someone's name at random. That's not going to help you find a criminal, you goddamn idiot. Well, that's how we all catch criminals. Every time a crime takes place, we find someone random and kill them. No questions asked. It's a pretty effective method, in my opinion, because we're bound to catch the criminal one of these days. <laughs> this way, we don't have to waste time by setting up courts. Not to mention that this also helps with population control. Also, so we don't have to worry about jail sentences. Every crime is punishable by death. If you kill someone, you're going to be sentenced to death. If you slap a cop, you're going to be sentenced to death. If a four-year-old steals a candy bar, his sentence is death. That's a horrible way of dealing with criminals. Your justice system is basically prosecuting random people. Well, you're stupid, so there. That's not a rebuttal to my arguments, you moron. Well, you're stupid, so there. You're now practically using insults since you don't know you're wrong. Well, you're stupid, so there. Is this how you deal with all of your problems? Yes, it is. Look at this criminal I killed. <laughs> the guy pulled out his iPhone 297 <laughs> and showed Bob a video. Guy knocks on the door. Hello? You have been convicted of murder. You fucking kidding me? I didn't murder anyone. Well, you're stupid, so there. <laughs> fuck is your problem? I told you I didn't murder anyone. Well, you're stupid, so there. What evidence you have that shows I murdered someone? Well, you're stupid, so there. You better... <laughs> you better... <laughs> fuck. You better pull your head out of your ass right this instant. This entire justice system is complete bullshit. None of you have any evidence to convict people of the crimes. All the, all you guys do is pick someone at random, knock on their door, call them, call them stupid several times, and kill them. Well, you're stupid, so there. You fucker. Don't you dare try to kill me. I will not allow myself to be killed as a result of this stupid government. Well, you're stupid, so there. You sick fuck. You have no right to rule like this. This entire system is flawed, and I wish death to everyone who supports it honestly. I carefully analyzed each of your responses, and through an intricate process involving scientific research and complex forensics, I determined that you did commit this murder goodbye. 
the guy points the gun at the man's head. Fuck you! The guy shoots the man dead. You prick! I won't allow you to murder anyone else! Well, you're stupid, so there. Bob then shot the guy in the face and killed him. However, Bob was disgusted by the law system that the man lived in. He took his time helmet and decided to go to his time period so he could kill as many government officials as possible. You know, a lot of people ask me how I do my voices, and I, I do think it comes with like a lot of practice and a lot of um, experience. You know, I've acted in a lot of, in a lot of stuff over over uh, I think sixteen or like twenty stage productions in in my time and my youth. So you know, like that's how that's how I get that that voice um, that you heard. You know, it sounded like I was having a conversation with someone else, but it was really just all me, you know. And and I gotta take my hat off to my own skill, you know. I have to pat myself on the back sometimes, so I hope, you know. It's the last episode of the show, I have to, you know, give myself some props. You know, we've, we've come this far. Um, speaking about coming this far, let's uh, just uh, hop right into the next one here. Um... This one is called, ironically, The Cabin in the Woods. You are lost for several days in the woods when you suddenly stumble upon a seemingly deserted stone cabin. As you slowly approach, you notice that the cabin is emitting a hazy yellow glow that appears to be constantly flickering. <laughs> you suddenly collapse to your knees when a pain rises up from your empty stomach. Desperate for food, you tread carefully toward the cabin. As the cabin grows in the distance, you notice that the place is now covered in total darkness. Curiously, you forcedly bang on the stone door several times while keeping your head down. When the door surprisingly opens with a loud moan, you look up. There, standing in the doorway, is the love of your life. Mm. Her long, black hair flowing in the wind, your heart starts beating rapidly as her gorgeous, sparkling blue pearls gaze upon you. She asks you in a charming and sweet voice if you would like to stay the night. Unable to refuse, your eyes start to drop shut as you eagerly follow her inside. She leads you into a small and cramped bedroom the size of an Avenged Closet. You stare in amazement as the marvelous queen-sized bed that stands before you. She hushes you with, Go to sleep, child. Before you can think of a response, she has already left the room. You feel the cozy and warm bed beckoning you from across the room. Unable to resist its temptation, you lie down as the soft blanket massages your aching body. As you stare blankly at the stone ceiling, your mind fades and you start to enter the dream world. You suddenly wake up in the middle of the night, your mind shattered, struggling to remember the reason for your disturbance. You decide to go outside to get some fresh air and to organize your thoughts. As you arrive at the living room, you can start to see shapes in the darkness. Your heart starts to beat rapidly before you realize that the shapes are actually the cabin's wooden furniture. Your eyes suddenly gaze upon a shape on the floor. And as your wearily eyes start to gain focus, you realize that it's an ancient wooden trapdoor. The stone handle looks brand new. 
You look closer and see that the wood has small shapes climbing all over it, and you bravely pull the trapdoor open with a creak and climb inside. You arrive in a small room. The walls are made of stone, and so is the ground. You rub your eyes, now fully awake. You stare in shock at what lies before you. The remains of several human corpses hang on the wall, and the smell of blood and death hits your nose, and you resist the urge to vomit. The shelves on the walls are filled with many potions, all bubbling in different colors. You know now that she isn't who she says she is. Your heart speeds up like a race car as you try to ram for the exit. As you enter the living room, you notice that the beautiful and charming woman from before is blocking your only exit. Upon seeing you, she shouts, You fool! No one may know my secret! She lunges forward and seizes you by the wrist, and you try to struggle in her tight iron grip but you can't manage to escape. She drags you into the trapdoor, and before you can glimpse the cabin one more time, she grabs a key from her pocket and locks the door, covering you in total darkness. She chuckles again in a high-pitched laugh. <laughs> Another subject. Let the experiment begin again. She had beaten you again, and in a fit of rage, you shut off your Xbox One and call it a night. Fantastic! Do you know what that story was from? <clears throat> Do you understand what that story is saying? Yes, what because I, I played that game. Tell me which game it was. Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets <laughs> for Xbox One. And I know, I remember that level. Snape, you get... you Snape turns into oh, the love of your life. Oh, the sweet, sweet person I'm not mentioning right now. And the he's... bitter irony. <laughs> the bitter irony that you don't realize. Uh, I don't. <laughs> is that that story is about a mission in Skyrim. Oh, really? <laughs> it is. Oh. And your fucking name is based off of Skyrim, <laughs> so fuck you. Oh, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's from the movie. I mean, it's from it's from the movie and then Phillips. It's a short one. You know, the first the first two stories were a little bit longer. Uh that one kind of comes out of nowhere and just kind of hits you real fast. Um Man, it really makes you think, huh? And it, you know, it it makes it, uh, it makes you think about a lot of things because again, this is the last episode of the podcast, and you know, I'm sorry if I sound so down. Um, but it's it's all you know. With each story, it's just starting to hit me like more and more. Um, that like this is this is the end. You know, we've we've come this far after four years, and it's really. I'm gonna, I'm gonna smoke now. This is for you guys. This is the last story that we're ever gonna read. Um, lots of pasta. This one's called Squidward's Revenge. I have been a huge fan of Spongebob for my entire life. I do agree that the newer episodes kind of suck, but the old episodes, which were released before the first Spongebob movie even came out, are very close to my heart. I used to love Spongebob a lot, but ever since what happened to me a while ago, I have not watched the show since. This all happened on October 4th, 2013. My parents were out shopping, and I was home alone. Macaulay Culkin 
I heard a knock at the door, and when I opened it, I saw a kid with blue jeans and a black hoodie <coughs> run into the woods in front of my house. And when I looked down, I saw a small cardboard box, and curiosity got the best of me, and I decided to bring it in. When I opened it, there was a DVD in the box, and when I put in the DVD, it brought me to a title screen which said, Inside Lydia's asshole. <laughs> oh, Don't just look at it, eat, eat it. it. Squidward's Revenge. After that screen left, it brought me to an episode selection screen, and this is what it looked like. Squidward's Revenge, Part 1, fired. Squidward's Revenge, Part 2, the accident. Squidward's Revenge, Part 3, the hospital. Squidward's Revenge, Part 4, revenge. <laughs> Squidward's Revenge, Part 5, alone. I didn't recognize any of these episodes, but curiosity got the best of me. I decided to watch episode one first, and when the episode started, it displayed the normal opening and title screen. After the show started, it showed SpongeBob and Squidward working at the Krusty Krab, and Mr. Krabs came up to them, and he said he just won $500,000 in the lottery. Mr. Krabs put the ticket in the kitchen, and he said that he would cash it at the end of the day, and both SpongeBob and Squidward seemed proud of Mr. Krabs, as they thought he would give them a raise. After that, it showed Spongebob cooking fries in the deep fryer, and Mr. Krabs came in and told him to take out the trash. As Spongebob was leaving, he accidentally bumped the deep fryer, and he turned it up all the way. He didn't notice it. It showed the boiling grease bubbling up even more. It then showed Squidward walk into the kitchen to deposit food to Spongebob, and when he walked in, he noticed the deep fryer slowly heating up, and he raced over to turn it off before he could get to it. The fryer burst into flames, and it destroyed Mr. Krabs' lottery ticket. <laughs> the smoke alarm came on, and Mr. Krabs rushed inside the kitchen with a fire extinguisher, and after he put the fire out, he was furious at Squidward as he thought that he was responsible for starting the fire. Squidward tried to tell him that he didn't do it, but Mr. Krabs just wouldn't believe him. Just then, Spongebob came back, realizing what happened. He blamed the incident on Squidward to avoid getting fired. Mr. Krabs believed Spongebob, and he fired Squidward. The episode ended with Squidward walking away from the Krusty Krab, and he looked sad. The first episode ended. I'm going to hate fuck you, Mr. Squidward! He went back to the title <laughs> screen. Curious, I decided to watch the second episode, which was titled the accident. <laughs> when the episode started, it displayed the normal opening and title screen. After the show started, it opened up with Squidward crying in his house. <laughs> it then showed Spongebob sitting on his bed with a guilty look on his face, and Gary crawled up to him. He told Gary, What have I done? I cost Squidward his job! He decided to bake Squidward a cake in hopes of cheering him up. He tried to give it to him, but Squidward slammed the door on him as soon as he opened it. Later that night, Patrick made a bonfire with Spongebob to help cheer him up. After Patrick threw a piece of paper into the fire, it caught fire and the wind carried it away. Neither Spongebob nor Patrick <laughs> noticed it because they left right afterwards to get buckets of water to put it out as they were done with it for the night, and it showed the piece of paper float over to Squidward's house, and Squidward had a grill outside his house with a propane tank inside it. He also had firewood stacked next to it. The piece of burning paper landed on the bottom of the wood pile, and a fire started to grow quickly. It showed the propane tank heating up until it exploded. 
It blew a hole in Squidward's house, and it immediately caught his first floor on fire. Squidward noticed the sound, and he was shaking in terror since he was trapped on the second floor inside the house. Patrick called 911 as Spongebob was trying to get him to jump out the window onto a mattress. Squidward was too afraid to do it, and he just screamed at him. Spongebob, this is all your fault! Just then, the second floor to his house collapsed, and Squidward fell into the flames which engulfed his first floor. The screen cut to black as the sounds of the fire engine were heard. The episode ended. I know that I should have just stopped watching at this point, but I was actually kind of interested to know what would happen next. I decided to watch episode 3, which was called The Hospital. When the episode started, it displayed the normal opening and title screen. When the episode started, it showed Squidward laying in the hospital. He apparently survived the fire. He was in a full-body cast, and he was on life support. A doctor walked into the hospital and talked to Squidward. He said to him, You're going to be okay. Unfortunately, the fire hurt you real bad. We've tried to save as much of your face as we could. After he left, Squidward was talking to himself. He was talking about how much he wanted to kill Spongebob, Patrick, and Mr. Krabs. The next several minutes consisted of him thinking of different ways he could kill them by. He was then imagining them dying in different gruesome ways. <coughs> the episode showed them getting burned alive, stabbed, skinned, beaten to death, raped, bed, and suffocated and drowned. Then, the episode showed more violent ways he was thinking of killing them by. It showed him thinking of sawing off their limbs, repeatedly sticking a barbed hook down their throats, and in their assholes until they <laughs> died by blood loss. It showed him stomping on their heads until you could see their brains splattered throughout the floor. It showed him cutting them up with a razor blade. It showed him breaking every bone in their body. It showed him ripping out their teeth and cutting off their tongues. And it showed him hammering nails into their bodies. After those hallucinations were over, it cut back to Squidward laying in his hospital bed. The doctors came back in, and one of them said, We're ready to remove your bandages. We'll start with the one of your face. And as soon as they took it off, it showed his face violently burned and damaged. Large parts of his face were missing, and red marks were everywhere. However, just before the episode ended, I noticed that Squidward had a disturbing, sick, and twisted smile on his face. I was very disturbed after what I had just seen. Someone else probably created these episodes, but they looked so much like the real show. I decided to watch the fourth episode, which was titled, Revenge. When the episode started, it displayed the normal opening and title screen. <laughs> when the show started, it showed Mr. Krabs closing up the Krusty Krab late at night. He was the only one there. He was in the office when he heard the doors open. La da 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 da, money money money. <laughs> Jews. He called out. <laughs> Sorry, we're closed. Come back tomorrow. He got no answer. He heard footsteps walk by his office. He called out. Is anyone there? And then the figure walked by his door. When Mr. Krabs opened the door, he saw that the door to the kitchen was open and the light was on. Mr. Krabs slowly walked over to it while shaking in fear. Ay, 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 ay. And then when he looked inside, nobody was there. He breathed a sigh of relief, and when he turned around, Squidward grabbed him and held his face against the hot grill. Mr. Krabs was screaming in pain. Don't hate fuck me, Mr. Squidward! He then got the boiling grease from the deep fryer and spilled it on his head. He then threw him on the floor and began hitting him with a meat cleaver. 
Every time he hit him, more blood could be seen on Mr. Krabs. Eventually, Squidward hit him in the throat with it, and Mr. Krabs was coughing up blood. <coughs> Squidward then stomped on his face, which caused his head to explode. <laughs> the next scene showed Patrick sitting in his home, watching TV <laughs> late at night. <laughs> All of a sudden, the power went out, and Patrick opened his rock, and Squidward grabbed him and threw him out. <laughs> Patrick tried to run. <laughs> But Squidward tripped him before he was able to run. Squidward broke both of his legs and arms, and Patrick was squirming around the ground in pain. Squidward grabbed him, put his head inside his house, and slammed the rock down on his head. Squish. Patrick's neck broke and he died. Squidward kept on doing it, and blood was starting to spill everywhere. Eventually, his head was almost off. Squidward grabbed him, tore his head off, and threw him inside his house. The scene cut to Spongebob, who saw what just happened to Patrick. He called the police, and they said that they would be coming over. But suddenly, Spongebob heard his front door open as Squidward stormed inside. Gary was shivering in fear, and Squidward kicked down his bedroom door, killed Gary instantly by stomping on him, Squish. and he looked at Spongebob, who was now shaking in fear. Squidward pulled out a knife and began walking towards Spongebob, and Spongebob said, Please, don't do this! I'm sorry for everything that happened to you. I promise that I'll get you your job back. <laughs> Squidward laughed at him and he said, Mr. Krabs is dead. It's too late for that. SpongeBob heard the police sirens. He says, If you kill me, you'll go to prison. Squidward said, I'm already going to prison. If I let you live, that won't reduce my sentence at all. SpongeBob said, Well, if you kill me as well, you'll have a longer sentence and the police cars were seen zooming down the street. Squidward said, If I let you live, I will never be able to forgive myself for letting you survive. Goodbye, SpongeBob! Squidward darted at him and began <laughs> stabbing him. He, he then grabbed SpongeBob and pushed him down the stairs. SpongeBob was barely alive when he hit the bottom. Squidward walked down the stairs and stood over him. The police cars were parked outside SpongeBob's house, and a voice was heard which yelled, My leg! <laughs> Come out with your hands up! Squidward stuck the knife into SpongeBob's skull and he died. Squidward walked out of the house. Drop the knife! One of the police officers yelled. Squidward continued to walk towards the two police officers. I'm warning you! The police officer said again. Squidward kept on walking towards them. The, the two police officers then opened fire on him. Their bullets had no effect, and Squidward jumped on one of them and broke his neck. The other police officer tried to shoot at him, but his bullets weren't working too. He then started running away, and Squidward then threw the knife at him as hard as he could, and the knife cut into the officer's head, killing him instantly. Squidward walked over to the cop's dead body and took the knife out of his skull. When he did so, blood started squirting out of his skull like a geyser. The final couple minutes showed Squidward killing all of the characters from the show. It then showed him killing other people in town, even Old Man Jenkinson. The episode Not ended. Old Man what did we have to tell you, Old Man? <laughs> the episode ended. I was very freaked out after watching that episode, and to this day I still have no idea why I chose to continue watching those episodes. I just wanted to see what would happen, and I didn't think that anything bad would come out of it. I decided to watch the fifth and final episode on the disc, which was titled, Alone. How do I get you alone? 
When the episode started, the title sequence was different. The music was playing, but no vocals or any other characters could be seen. Also, at a few times in the episodes, I saw some of the fish from the show dead. Their bodies were covered in blood and torn apart. When the show started, Squidward was walking alone in Bikini Bottom. Everyone in the city was dead. Squidward's face was still burned, and he had a disturbing smile on his face. He's like naked, dicks out, no fucks, just like... It's the one where he's too stressed out because he <laughs> thinks Spongebob is watching yeah. it. He's just naked. Also, remember those episodes when the show uh, showed other cities, like Rock Bottom and New Kelp City. It even showed shots of those cities. Everyone was dead there as well. It also showed different cities which weren't in any of the episodes. It showed cities such as Blue Clam City, Pacific City, Dead Sea City, and Seahorse Countryside. Every from the from those cities were dead as well. There were many other cities, but there are only the ones that I remember, and Squidward must have killed every fish under the sea. It cut back to Squidward roaming the barren ocean. Eventually he stopped when he found a deep trench. He was saying some weird chant, and a fire started rising out of it, and all of a sudden a large red creature rose from within it. It looked like it was the devil. It said to Squidward, You have done your job well. Squidward said, I want to kill more creatures. I don't want to stop now, it's too much fun. The demon said, I'll make a deal with you. And just as the demon was about to start explaining the deal to him, the episode ended. I ejected the DVD out of my TV and I was shocked at what I just found. When I looked out my window, I saw the same kid in the black hoodie who delivered this to me standing outside my house with his back turned. I decided to approach him and find out what the hell was going on. I walked out of my house and started approaching him and I said, Dude, what the fuck was that? And he didn't respond to me. I said again, Hello, can you hear me? And he still didn't respond. I was right behind him at this point, and I tapped him on the shoulder, and right at the second I did so, he spun around, and I saw that it was actually Squidward. I screamed in terror, and he grabbed my face with one of his tentacles, and I passed out. And while I was out, I had a dream of him, and in that dream, he said this to me. I have chosen to spare you for now, because you need to spread my message. I'm going to kill everyone on the face of this earth someday. If you don't spread my message to the public, I'll kill you in one week. I woke up in my bed. The DVD was on my lap, and as soon as I got up, my parents got home from the store. I didn't tell them or anyone else what was happened to me since. Nothing weird happened to me since the incident. The day after that, I submitted this story to as many sites as I could. I made a few YouTube videos telling of what happened to me, and I started a chain email in my school which got super big. Nobody knows that I am the one who did this, though. <laughs> As for Squidward, I really don't know what else to say about him. I don't know when, if ever, he is going to destroy the world. I have been occasionally posting this story to other places around the web in the following months in hopes of preventing him from destroying the world. This is also why I'm posting it here, too. I don't know if it will work, but I think it might. Let's just hope for the best and see what happens. As for the DVD, I still have it in my room. I haven't watched it since. So there it is, you know. It, um... It's almost like my friends are here with me, you know. It's I, I really wanted to kind of commemorate them 
you know, let them know that this is for them as much as it has been for me. You know, it's been, it's always been a group thing. You know, it's always been a team effort, um, except for the parts where it hasn't been. And I've done a lot of work by myself, you know, uh, but you know, I, I will give them, you know, I'll give them some, I'll give them some credit. You know, it's really hard. I think a lot of people know that being an adult and getting another adult, sometimes two to three or four adults together to sit down on a couch and just kind of like talk and, and read something off the screen. Like it could be really difficult. It could be genuinely difficult. And I don't, I don't think people understand just how difficult that can be for some people. Like, like it's hard for me sometimes, you know, just to sit down with my friends and, you know, read some stuff off of a screen. It's, it could be really hard sometimes. I'm sorry, it's just, it's all, it's all kind of coming back to me now, and I, I remember where I was, like, four years ago, you know, I was just a young rager, just a little smooth duder, smoking my green leaves in a basement of my mom's house, hiding from, from her ever-watchful eye with my stoner friends and making them get high with me and then they'd have anxiety attacks because I'd get them so high. And, uh, you know, that's, that's where we started and look where we are now. Uh, I'm in my brother's basement and I'm getting my friends, uh, less high. I have, I have a lot less people to smoke with now, but <laughs> there's, there's still some people that, uh, that know what the heart of this show is and, and choose to, you know, ritualize it, um, each time they pop on the show. So, you know, there's, there's a shout out to them too, cause they're, they're putting in more effort than, than the other ones, you know, it's not like, um, it's not like any of them listen to the show. So anyway, um, that's it. That's all I have. I don't know why I'm still talking. I think it's because I'm I'm hesitant to end this episode. You know, I don't I don't know what's going to I don't know what's going to come after it, but I'm, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm hoping that it's something, you know, worthwhile. It's something that lasts. And it's something, you know, meaningful and purposeful in my life because this this really hasn't been. I haven't really gotten anything out of doing this. Um, I'm not sure if you've realized this, but you've li been listening to a uh, stoner read horror stories with his stupid-ass friends for the last four years. So, you know, that's my shout-out to you guys. Congratulations. Thank you so much for having done that. Um, I hope you feel great about that. And, um, you know, this, this one's for you.
I'm just fucking kidding, by the way. We're still gonna have the 200th episode. This isn't the fucking end of the podcast. I'm just fucking trolling you guys. Look at the fucking stories I read this episode, you fucking pieces of shit. I'm coming back, and I'm coming in harder than ever. I got enough stories to make this show last for another five fucking years. I don't I don't care if I have to drag my friends over to my fucking house by their fucking ankles to read stories with me and get high on my couch. I'll, I'll fucking make them do it. I'll fucking make them do it for the rest of fucking eternity as long as I'm alive. You know? And I'm gonna live for other motherfuckers. So fucking stick around. Give me some fucking time to edit the 200th, okay? There's a lot of shit going on. It came out a lot longer than I thought it was going to be. I had way too many people. And there's a lot of material that's coming out real soon. So give me, like, a fucking moment. Like, you know, give me a week or something, okay? There might not be an episode next week because I want to dedicate to the joke that this is the last episode of the podcast a little bit more for the people who aren't listening to this part. But, like, for real. Uh, fuck you. Uh, I'll, I'll put the 200th up when I fucking feel like putting it up, so eat shit. <laughs>